from recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your RiderFlex podcast episode of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Becca, Becca Sheps on the RiderFlex podcast. How you doing this morning, Becca? Good. I'm good. Yeah. Are you in Boulder today? I am. It looks sunny out. What I'm. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like 60 today, right? On on February 2nd or something like that. Yeah, and then Snow Friday. Perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. First of all, thank you so much for coming back to the show. You were an yeah, awesome guest, awesome uh, guest the first time. Your energy is so contagious. I mean, I was listening to our first <laughs> interview this morning. I'm on, I'm on the treadmill. I'm just like moving around. I'm listening thank to your you, interview. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man, I feel, I feel good. I feel excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've always loved your energy. So, for the listeners, let's do like a quick Becca Shep's personal overview. You know your personal life or whatever, just something personal, you know, a little bit like, like a tad where you grew up, where you're at now, married, yeah. cats and cats, whatever. <laughs> grew up in West Windsor, New Jersey, which is in central Jersey. People don't believe it exists, but it's, it's its own place. It's not North and it's not South. Uh, went to college in Wisconsin, Madison, road crew there. Then I, last year I was there, I raced bikes really, 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 really liked racing bikes. And that kind of derailed my entire future. Um, I basically, that took me from, I, I guess I was on a spring break trip racing like for bikes. And this was before iPhones. So basically if you got a letter from your college that maybe they messed up and um, approved your, <laughs> your schedule but you were graduation deficient um when you you wouldn't find that out until you got back from spring break so basically I was allowed to graduate but I wasn't allowed to commence or vice versa so I had to turn down this job um that I was that I was offered in June mm. when I was supposed to graduate and I had to stay the summer but I was excited because I got to race bikes all summer um yeah. and that kind of took me from going into ad agency world being an account person to eventually then being a creative because I kind of had a little more time to think about what I wanted to do when I grew up. So then I worked in as a copywriter, creative director for about 12 years. And in my 12th year, basically, I was freelancing and coming up with puns. And that's when Mortal Kombucha came out. Yeah, that little that little story about how you were, I think you were freelancing, you were working for a client and you, you were messing around on the side. You're like, oh, I'm going to, I don't know, you were just being creative, like coming up with stuff. You yeah, know, you started, we were working started- on dessert packaging and going back and forth with their legal team trying to say good for you when something really wasn't that good for you and that's right. I was just holding a kombucha in my hand totally frustrated reading its label and basically my frustration took itself out in the you know entrepreneurial spirit so <laughs> <laughs> and you sketched it out right there isn't it interesting yeah. how how life turns left and right and certain doorways open like if you didn't enjoy the drink kombucha itself and you weren't holding it in your hand at that moment and it didn't like to drink like none of this would have happened right none of it yeah I think I was also at that time to I was um my uh boyfriend who's now my husband at the time he he was like we were talking about getting married and I told him I wanted it to be a surprise so he was really trying to keep it a surprise and he had already asked my family so they were like egging me on making me like really paranoid that he was never going to propose to me 
And I was trying to start this like athleisure line and getting really nervous about order minimums. So there's all these factors that were like, I just needed an outlet for creativity. And cause that's how I, when I'm doing things, I can like feel like forward momentum in my life. Cause I was like, why isn't my boyfriend proposing to me? Why is my mom asking me these crazy <laughs> questions? Like if he's ever going to, but they were just all trying to throw me off the scent. Um, but yeah. And so basically it was like, oh, starting a drink company seems at the time cheaper than starting a clothing company um, <laughs> basically because of the inventory you would have to hold um, for the clothing company was very scary to me. Why don't you give us the three minute mortal, mortal kombucha yeah. overview as it stands today, mortal kombucha overview. Go for it. Give us the, give us the okay. elevator pitch. Go for it. So mortal kombucha is a kombucha brand. That's just trying to prove that healthy stuff can be just as fun and entertaining as unhealthy stuff like sodas and things like that. So we're trying to take this super hippie, you know, drink that lots of people still have a big stigma to maybe not so much in Boulder, but it may be in Kansas. They do. And, um, try to make the, make something that seems just as appealing as your Mountain Dews, Rockstars, and, you know, the sodas that you have fun drinking. And, um, we do that with bright colors of our drinks, really easy to like understand flavors and really bold branding and packaging mm-hmm. and a voice and message basically. So it's a big, just brand play. Yeah. It's mortalkombucha.com by the way. And where can it be found? Talk to us about how I can purchase the product. Yeah. So we are in Whole Foods in um, the entire Rocky Mountain region, which is Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas, Utah, New Mexico. And then we're all, um, I'm probably missing some states, but then we're also available on the West coast, basically from LA all the way South down to Hawaii. So that also includes Arizona. And then we will be launching in the Pacific Northwest in mid-March. So you can find us at Whole Foods and natural grocers in that entire region. And then we are expanding to the East coast now. So I'm not sure exactly when we're launching in some of the bigger stores, or when this podcast is going to be out, but um, I know we are in a lot of local independent grocery stores, basically anywhere from DC up through Maine. Well, when you launch in Jersey, right? That's a big deal. I mean, that's your home state. Uh, I basically told all of our brokers and salespeople, all I want to be is at the shop right on 571. (laughs) That's like 15 minutes from my house. That's all I want is that one store. Yeah, that that'll but be apparently that'll you need be, to be in like five hundred if you want to be in that one. So oh, <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, can you buy it on Amazon uh, or yet, or what's your what's your plans for that? So, for direct to consumer, you can buy it on our website. Um, right now, we do charge shipping. We're hoping to be able to get a better fulfillment model so that and roll it out city by city, so that okay. we can do basically larger cities like LA, Chicago, San Francisco, New York. We'll be able to do free. Okay. But right now it is a $25 shipping, but you can order it on our website and it will, it'll get to you. Any reason but why no, you're not, any reason why you don't want to go down the Amazon path? What's your strategy there? Uh, we are a cold perishable glass beverage. I see. So we just don't have, um, we just don't at this point have the fulfillment or like ability mm-hmm. to do it right now or the volume mm-hmm. to be able to use a fulfillment center. So that's, gotcha. that's a 2021, 2022 goal. Gotcha. Okay. So your product, it, it, it sets in the, in the cooler. It doesn't set on the dry shelf. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. It yeah. Yeah. Cold. You, you know, when I think about your brand and by the way, you just do such a great job with your mark, your marketing. <laughs> the new website's really exciting. Everybody should go to it and play. Totally. Guys called a thousand percent studio and they're amazing. And they probably hate me because when you work with a creative director and you're a creative director, 
I definitely drove them nuts. But <laughs> how it turned out. <laughs> what was the name? What's the name of the company again? A thousand percent studio. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. There's so many things cool about the website. The, the way the mouse changes when you're moving around, the colors. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, that's exactly how I think about your brand, right? Like, like based on what I know of you and your brand, like when I go to the website, I'm like, oh yeah, this matches. This is exactly what Becca <laughs> would do. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, you know, like we wanted to make it different. I I love '90s culture, but I love, um, you know, not the. I wasn't a, a grunge kid, although I loved Kurt Cobain. But um, yeah. I was more like Santa Cruz skateboards and yeah. ska, I guess, and no doubt like the original albums. And mm-hmm. I kind of just wanted to be this colorful Lisa Frank world, but a little harder. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Everything you do has, well, I don't know about everything, but most of what you do has <laughs> a little bit of an edge. There's a little bit of a hard edge, right? Right in anything yeah. you deliver. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to work on your marketing team. Because you would just, I mean, anybody bringing you stuff, but they're probably like, when they bring it into the office, they're like, oh shit, is she going to like this? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely have to write emails twice sometimes. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, it's really a cool marketing uh, stuff. So I was going to ask you this question for the listeners. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great marketing, colors, impact, verbiage. I mean, the feel, the messaging, all that awesome. What's better about your drink? Talk to me about more specifically, like why would I want to drink yours instead of the yeah. other 50 kombuchas on the shelf? 50, like 4 million. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I think we make it traditionally. So we are, we are real kombucha, which is pretty cool. Okay. Um, it's small batches, um, very consistent. The, some of the diff, so we have all those certifications of your non-GMO organic. So we can say all those things. And then just I, one of the bigger differences is our flavor profiles are just very easy to understand. So instead of being something that's like lavender, ginger root, ashwagandha, or something, <laughs> and you're like, ooh, I bet this is good for me. What's it going to taste like? Super curious. You know, we're just like margarita, watermelon, mint. So it's when I was developing the flavors originally, like three years ago, I would legit just go to Walmart and walk through the aisles and be like, Okay, so these are probably your trending popular flavors. We can roll something out in a week, right? Because we're so small, we don't have to go through so much. So I'd be like, okay, watermelon's cool right now. We should make a watermelon flavor, you know? So just trying to find those things that don't scare people. And then we do that with organic ingredients Um, or, you know, like with our margarita flavor, it's called Mark Simpson and we turn it blue. Because basically that same idea, like walking through Walmart, I was like, what makes me want to try a drink? And it's like, look at the Gatorades. You don't say, I don't know what flavor blue is, right? But you just say like, I want blue. And we have a, our chill flower is purple. We color it with butterfly pea flower, but it's like, cool, it's purple. I'll try that. And then you can get away with doing a little less sugar because there is like a mind, you know, you can see something and it will like look colorful so you can taste it sweeter. Mm, Gotcha. So it helps us just, that's how we stand out on shelf flavor wise. But I really do think when you're approached by those 200 brands, like on the shelf, um, branding does a lot to just Mm, say, Hey, this is going to be different. No, there's there's no doubt about, I can't tell you how many times I'll buy something from the shelf strictly based on the label or the color or the impact that I, I have no idea. I'll be looking at something. There's five competitors sitting next to each other. 
I have no idea. Like, okay, I don't entire know. wine industry. Yeah, wine is exactly yeah. like that. I mean, so. I am not a wine connoisseur, but I like wine, right? So, so I want to like the pretty bottles. <laughs> I just especially for under ten dollars. Yeah, I, sh I, sh I shit you not. That just happened to me. I was in the liquor store the other day, and I thought about you, and I was walking down the wine aisle. I'm like. I'm gonna get a Pinot and I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing as usual. I know I like Pinot, but I don't know, like, I don't know which, and guess what? I, I grabbed the one off the shelf with the head, the label that I thought looked coolest. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, cause we get that question a lot. It's like, so why is yours different? And I always just say like, the, the label matters. And so, oh, totally. And, totally. and I think, yeah, if you're a loyalist to a certain brand, you're gonna be loyal to them. But our whole strategy is like, hey, let's, that person who might, be exactly. like kind of curious and they exactly. may be grabbing a matcha or a cold brew yeah. or some diet soda or seltzer yeah. maybe they will go in here so like we don't need to like convert this kombucha drinker to our us because that's not doing anything for a grocery store in their category mm -hmm. but maybe we can get someone who would never grab it to just grab it bingo and I think and that, that you do yes. through yes. you have yes. to back it up through your flavor and we you know we are a kombucha and we try to make sure that we're not super vinegary and we're really high on fruit without being high on sugar. But I think we can kind of pique interest with the label. No doubt. And then, yeah. and then you grab them with your social media and then they're like, Oh, cool. <laughs> not, not only, not only is this a cool label like, what oh, the hell? <laughs> and then this tastes good too. And then they check you on social media and they're like, Oh, there's some cool stuff on here. I'm going to follow them. I'm going to like them. And then you just draw them right in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we hope that they'll just stay with us. Hopefully they don't think I'm a lost my mind. <laughs> well, you're, but yeah, but all that's part of the brand, right? I yeah. mean, just, even even if it's a little edgy, that's what I love about you. You're not afraid to take risks. I mean, how many times have you guys put out something on your social media or you put out something and you like go to sleep at night going, oh man, was that like, was that too much? Was that over the edge? I think that we play uh, so from some other brands I follow. Um, I think especially like through whatever's been going on in the world the last year, I think we've played it pretty safe in the memes. <laughs> By the way, I've had a bunch of guests on lately. Mm -hmm. And most of the time we talk about it after the recording stops. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious, uh, what's your thoughts on should companies and or CEOs like should they take sides on things and like, blast out their opinion on, I don't whatever a social issue, political issue, whatever, yeah. like, I guess, my, had, I guess it, it's internal a discussions about like, where yeah. do we want to say things? And, um, you know, I'm a woman founded mm -hmm. Jewish person, you know, mm -hmm. my space laser is currently somewhere. I don't know. Apparently I never got it, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, so we, I don't think we want to back down. I, I personally, as a, just in my life, like I'm, I'm not, not an activist, but I'm not very loud about mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, I, I have no problem saying, you know, who I voted for, what I feel or things like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that we poke, poked super hard, but I think it's pretty apparent what we stand for. And we're a kombucha company. Like, I think it's pretty apparent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, uh, yeah, there's kombucha companies on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, I know, I know, right. <laughs> but it's you know, like I, I definitely, I don't think that we, the, our brand tone isn't to add drama but I don't think we would back down if we had wanted to make a stand. Like, you know, when people- Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna start a fight, but you're also not gonna run away from one. <laughs> I'll <definitely. laughs> I'll throw one, yeah. 
uh, it's a fa- it's a fascinating topic. I, I, I you know, yeah. I've talked to a bunch of CEOs. Some of them are like, hey, I don't even want to go there. I'm just trying to run my company. I'm trying to deliver a good product. I don't have time to even. I don't have no. And then other ones are like, oh, we should all speak out. I'm like, no, well, I don't. I no, subscribe I to the New York Times and I get the paper copy delivered to my house. So that's <laughs> uh, tell us about, um, uh, you know, the size, give us, give us an overview of how big the company is now. You were on the show, I think a year ago or maybe more than that. I think we're probably <laughs> smaller, but bigger, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, give us um, some, I, don't, I don't know what you want to share revenue, people, employees, clients, yeah. or SKUs or whatever you want to say. Yeah. So basically um, during COVID basically in, we it hit during January of 2020, we we're kind of, we were running production. So I had four production people. We would run production two or three times a week. And then one of my production guys was general manager and also like was starting to do sales just in the Colorado kind of area. Okay. And we were doing production one day and I was like, oh my God, if we land this big account, cause we were supposed to go into this very big retailer. Um, I don't know what we are going to do. There is not enough time for how horribly inefficient our processes to ever make enough kombucha i think i remember you i think i remember you telling me that big that big grocery (laughs) that you were about to sign (laughs) yeah so basically we were like i kind of was like oh man we got to move this over to uh we have to figure out either somewhere else to do this bigger someone else needs to do this and so i started scouring like how how are we going to get this done Mm -hmm. and um started the plans to move everything to a co-packer in april okay um, and then basically, and then while we were doing that, I was like, I want to launch a alcohol line. So started figuring that out in January or December, January. And then we officially launched it March, um, 10th, which mm-hmm. if you can mm-hmm. think back to what March happened, like basically March 13th, I think exactly. last year, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it wow. was like, we put out a press release. Wow. We launched alcohol, whole foods, natural groceries. We're going to stock it all. And then, um, boom <laughs> like and then the the partner who we were making it with had to shut down his brewery mm-hmm. and it was just and then basically I knew we were still moving stuff over to the co-packer but I didn't I felt bad because like I had to shut down early and tell my employees out of nowhere like hey your jobs are gone and I don't know if they're coming back because also I have this other news I haven't been able to share with you yet mm-hmm. and so it was it it sucked, but at the same time, it was super serendipitous because it was a time when no, you know, people were buying milk and toilet paper and bleach. They weren't really like, "Mm, let me like stock my fridge with a perishable organic beverage. So during that time of March and April, we basically could get rid of our rent, sold off every piece of equipment because we didn't need them anymore. Uh And so I kind of used, had this like kind of lull, like 60 day lull where there was a very small amount of sales, but I could kind of reset mm-hmm, and right. be like, and, and sell everything with no overhead. Cause there was no employees, no rent, nothing, just me. Because, because you had moved it to the co-packer anyway. So you needed to, yeah. you needed to do that pivot anyway. And this, this, this kind of just like, time gave you time. To I do thought it. we were going to be like balancing, like making kegs here, doing the co-packer over here. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was just like, Whoa, there's no, I mean, restaurants were closed. There was no keg business. Yeah. And it was just like, you know what? let's just get rid of everything and we'll figure it out when the world opens up again. Cause I was pretty adamant that we were going to be locked in all summer. So I guess my bet was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but it was still bad. Um, yeah. So basically during that kind of reset time, I was like, okay, and what do I want to happen in the rest of 2020, 2021? Now that like right. 
I'm not running around like my head cut off. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, here's the things I'm good at. Here's what I like to do. Here's the things that I'm good at that I hate to do. Let's find someone because I'm not bad at anything. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Here's the things I'm really bad at. Let's find someone to do the things I'm bad at and hate to do and the things I'm bad at or things I hate to do that I can like kind of get through. Yeah. And um, I basically told every other founder CEO my problem and found this guy named Scott, brought him on as like an equity kind of partner. Okay. Um, to help run operations and finance. And basically he has to do a lot of spreadsheets and modeling okay. and, um, or take my wild ideas and activate them. And then with him and me being able to free up my mind of production logistics constantly was able to bring on a salesperson now okay. with a three person team that, be, and then they brought on brokers for different regions that we wanted to expand into. So we and have, were you, were you able to fund those salespeople due to the cash infusion right there? Is that how you did that? Yep. Um, we, we, um, for the first three years we operated with off of revenue. So we still have the money to do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So basically okay. brought in all that. Um, and then, so that was all basically started in July after okay. like interviewing back and forth. Cause mm -hmm. you're going to give part of your company away. You have to talk to someone for a while. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then basically from July, all the sales teams are working, the brokers, Scott was getting like the co-packer super dialed and understanding like all of our logistics. And then from there, um, we just started getting our presentations to buyers and grocery stores. Everything just became way more official. And basically we, I think we like tripled our store count from basically it takes a little while to get into stores. So basically in October, I think we opened like a hundred stores and then it just kept going like that into the new year. And now like every month we have, we're posting like our biggest wow like, since, since October sales have just been like up 20%, up 20%, up 20%. So very good. Very good. Very good. Yeah, so it's been you crazy. Got, yeah. You got a partner, you got a partner that invested also took some of the functional aspects away or grabbed some that you don't really like to be involved with, let you focus on what you do better. Got some more salespeople. Boom. Sales are up. Love it. Launch yeah. some more product. Like, oh, yeah, you know, because it was for the last, the first three years, like we couldn't even sample to a new store half the time because we didn't have enough product, mm. you know, and, and, and then like with these big accounts, especially if you're trying to leave your home little area, mm -hmm. um, it's who, you know, it, it definitely is like a, I don't know if it's like a boys club, but it's definitely like an old souls club of like, this guy knows this guy knows this girl knows, you know, whoever, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm when you have those brokers and sales teams with established relationships, the doors start opening and then you just have to like yep. not mess up. So how many employees right now today? Uh, just three. Um, Cause everyone else is contracted. So well, yeah, but you, okay. So, but total, if you counted 10, <laughs> if you counted your 1099s plus W2, what's your team look like? Seven. Seven. Okay. And then, yeah. and then you have the, the co-packer, which is like kind of a separate little team that, you know. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them and they're in Colorado and, they are, I feel like they're a family, which is very nice after you speak to other consumer packaged good brands that have co-packers and they'll tell you all these warnings. And we're like, ours like is great. We can just like call them on the phone, pop in. Yeah. <laughs> now this, the, the partner you took on now before that you were 100% owner on the cap table, right? You, cause you didn't have any like co-founders. You didn't take on any early cash or anything. like Yeah. That. So he has vesting equity over like four years. So any, yeah. And a salary. So. 
Mm-hmm. I bet you uh, spent some uh, legal money to make sure that those papers were drawn up. There was to protect you, right? Signed them. Just signed them. Just <laughs> fingers crossed. Hope it works. Don't. don't uh, uh, is this a, now? This wasn't a friend, right? This was a new, a new acquaintance. Yeah, it was a, a recommended from a friend who I or from Ian actually. McGregor. Oh, from, yeah. oh great, Ian McGregor, oh, our friend over. I feel like he's hyper logical. Did you tell Ian, like, if this doesn't work out, I will kill you? <laughs> <laughs> I have said since then, thank you so much. I think you saved my life. Ah, uh, that's <laughs> so, all. Yeah. So, I'm so glad yeah. it's working out, right? We're definitely we're like yin and yang, complete opposite personalities. That's a good thing. Um, it's a good thing. But it's nice because, like, I'll have, cr- I, I like to call them creative solutions. Like, he'll come back and be like, okay, this is the reality of this, and I won't like the reality. So I'll be like, well, what if? And he's just like, okay yeah like he never says like no that's crazy or illegal or whatever you know he'll he'll like run the numbers present back you know my harebrained idea of how to solve a problem um which is really cool because i think i i definitely can will see problems and solutions differently than his backgrounds in accounting you know but then he can present me the the thing that you need to actually make something work what's the biggest just throwing stuff at a wall right oh totally What's the biggest piece of advice you would give somebody thinking of taking on a large equity holder that owns the company? You know, they're 100% owner and they're in your same shoes. What would you tell them? You know, uh, Ian kept asking me, he kept being like, are you sure that you're someone who can have a partner? (laughs) I was like, I don't know what you're judging me for. But um, I think you have to be able to let go and you have to believe that they want, and you have to know, like after you interview them and you, say okay they want this as much as i do you know because um that they're gonna work as hard as you are and you have to let them catch up i i guess that because that was big it was like ah you know like i've been living this for three years i know every acronym and i have processes especially for someone like me like creative side like if you asked me like my husband would be like hey do you know where all the kegs are like who has them and i'd be like yeah and he's like where's the list because i just want to itemize things and i'd be like in my head (laughs) and uh you know so then having to basically download all the processes even just how to create a purchase order or how to create an invoice and all the little things there was no written instructions for how to do that and so when they were messed up or there was a mistake giving not that that person's a screw up but being like oh we just need there's going to be like three months of stickiness where i think something should be assumed but it's not you know, it forced you to get your processes and policies oh, and things like that written, you know, in writing and so forth, which by the way, you know, as you already know, if there's ever some m or whatever, or somebody wants to buy you down the road, all that just makes you more valuable, right? It makes you more. Attractive. Yeah. And that was like, that was the best. Like we spent so many hours before he, you know, started working, just going through like, okay, mm-hmm. how, how does this day work? You know, how does this work so that he could understand it? And he's so much more like an Ian process oriented, you know, this versus that, even like, Hey, we, it was just the two of us. Hey, let's create an organizational chart. And I'm like, (laughs) you, me put all the jobs. And he's like, no, you know, but like, let's do this. And we can put our names in all the spots. But if we grew this to be for three years, what is the organizational chart? And we'll start as we need them. We can take our names out and put in an employee. And I'm like, Oh, you do that. I hate this. <laughs> but but I, I, you know, like I like thinking about it because it does let you see that future a little better. Right. Right. And more clearly. But it was very nice to be able to put that and be like, oh yeah, like 
I guess these are all my jobs and it would be good to get rid of this one. And that's when we were able to bring back one of my production employees who I liked, who was trying to transition to the sales and plug him in. And then now he knows who he reports to. Mm. And so, and so there's process and there's not confusion of me just like sending someone 20 text messages and they have to figure it out. I think you so, partnering par- you partnering with somebody that that you know balances your skill set and you guys can can help each other on your strengths and weaknesses. I mean that is a really yeah. great great move. Great move. Yeah, it's great. What's the uh, what's the plan for the future? I mean, are you just having fun building this? Is it a lifestyle brand? Uh, like, hey, I'm building it and it's allowing me to live the life I want to live. Or is there like a whiteboarded out? Oh, here's our grand plan with oh we get to here we're gonna sell it. Like, what's you know talk to me. There is a whiteboard. No, um, there's a whiteboard for sure. Uh, no, I want to grow it. I want to sell it. I would, you know, grow it to sell or acquired. Um, right now we're building a, a kombucha brand. I would like in the next year to be able to be a, a drink or like innovation brand. Definitely where, you know, we're like, okay, first we tackled kombucha and we tried to make kombucha more palatable and more fun. And where would we kind of, what would we do next? So it's like, whether that means that you're taking unhealthy food and you're making them healthy, or you're taking super healthy things and making them more appealing to the, you know, that unhealthy kind of fun, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that there's, and I don't know if we would stay in fermented foods and it always, but I think you stay in that functional natural channel. Mm. How, about wine? Just, How about wine? I can't think of any fun wine brands. I feel like there's a lot of fun wine brands now. Oh, are there? Matt, yeah, I'm the just, canned just, ones. The gotta go down the can, the can. Oh, yeah. I see. Mm, canned okay. cocktails, a can, and we have an alcohol now. So, um, but we probably, I think, we can only make beer. So maybe we'll do a seltzer, hard seltzer. I don't know, but okay. I would like to it to be like a, a an innovation kind of food brand, and not be pigeonholed into kombucha. But I, now, I mean, as much as I love kombucha. If you sell it though, so here's mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna happen, right? You, you're going to sell it and they're going to be like, okay, Becca, um, you, we, you're going to have to have this ride along, I guess what they call ride alongs, right? Like now you got to yeah. work. We, we want you to stay for two years. Okay. And then all of a sudden you have like a boss <laughs> yeah. and you're like uh, having to work for this bigger company. And then I, I can just almost visualize Becca going, Ooh, yeah, I don't, I'm feeling uncomfortable right now. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> well, I'm the boss. I'm the CEO. So I'm still the boss. Um, no, you know, like I, I, people definitely as, as we've just been doing some fundraising have asked like, oh, do you want to be CEO still? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. as you grow, mm-hmm. like right, right. anywhere in the near future. Yes. But you know, like, and I don't, I think that as you've looked at other brands and oftentimes the founders will kind of move into like an incubator kind of mm-hmm. innovation incubator or something like that. And that's super appealing. I mean, okay. Okay. Am I the creative director of brand, you know, for the, for it, you know, I think there's lots of roles that I would totally love. And it, it's that same thing where like, if I'm a hundred million dollar brand, like, oh my God, that would be amazing. I don't know if I am the right person to be your CEO yeah. anymore. That's a different mm-hmm. company, but should I be running the, the chief creative officer of the brand? Probably yeah, I could do probably. that. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. And then I don't know what that looks like. Also, I feel like Sometimes I hear myself in meetings and I'm like, whoa, you learned a lot in the last year, <laughs> you know? And so maybe I am, maybe I am the CEO in, of a, you know. Are you, are you in a cash raise right now? Are you in a round or where, where are you at? We're almost done. <laughs> oh, with, what are you calling it? Is, are we calling it? It's a, a convertible round. It's a convertible round. Just, okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, what like you you mean it's baked? You're about to sign the paperwork next week, or where you? What's um stuff is just coming in. My phone just like wire transfers are happening right now. Ooh, so wire, cool. Oh, that's what. Oh, that's the fun part. <laughs> yeah, it's a good part. That's why I'm smiling so much. Yeah. Uh, can you can you you can't share with us how much you raised? Is that kind of top secret for now? Um, I I don't know if I should, but yeah. Okay. Okay. It's enough. Right. What are you gonna do with it? Is it sales marketing? What are you gonna use it for? It's basically, it's all to fund um, sales, marketing, new doors, mostly. We have pretty good margins and things like that. So we are really able to operate, you know, our purchase orders and things like that off of revenue. So it's really just cost associated. I want to grow fast. I don't, you know, like, as I said, like, I hate when things get to a lull yeah. and grocery is super slow as it is. So um, I just want to make sure we keep moving. So I don't want to chug along for 10 years opening just like, 50 stores a year or something. So it gets expensive to go high growth. Yeah, no doubt. Now, were you responsible for this cash raise? Are you the one asking the, are you sitting across the table going, please write, please write me a check. Here's why. That's how I do it. I just call <laughs> the phone. I go, Hey, hey. so, uh, um, no. Yeah. So it was a, it's like usually, yeah, that's, that's been my main job for the past. Okay. Month, so. Okay. I mean, I can see why you, you got investors. I mean, cool brand with a super energetic, positive CEO that's super creative that also now has surrounded herself with an operational person that can balance her. I mean, boom, there you go. Yeah, when right? he cuts on the phone, they they stop thinking I'm crazy. And he's, they're like, oh, <laughs> thank, okay. we Because I'll usually open the conversation and then, yeah. Um, Very he'll, good. He'll jump in and I'm like, okay, so that you know I'm not going to like- Was this- um, lose, uh, lose it with your money. Was this VC, PE, angels, individuals? Mostly angels. Some of the angels come from a VC, but they did it as like an angel round because we're just too small right now. Okay. So. okay. And the the ask was too small for what they'd want to do. Okay. Very good. Well, congratulations on the new Thank cash you. raise. So on the remote piece though. Yeah. It isn't the culture and the vibe of having people in the room. Like that's pretty important, especially for your brand, right? Yeah. Um, that's definitely something that you have to figure out like how do you keep it going or how do you grow because like we're four people so if we did want to add you know a social media person and another salesperson like how do you make sure that they are the right people over zoom <laughs> when you're interviewing them right. uh, and then how do you make sure you're doing things and i've seen other companies will do like happy hours or yoga sessions or they'll bring stuff have like zoom kind of parties so mm -hmm. that's definitely going to be a big trying to figure that out if you stay remote because it's like, do you want to sign a 12 month lease on a building? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. By the way, the virtual happy hours, I've, I've commented on this on a couple of other episodes. <laughs> like, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that people are trying them, but, but damn, they're just not the same, man. They're not the same. I don't, I mean, they're okay. I'm no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've had, I've had somewhere like they'll mail um, everybody like mm -hmm, little like drink mm -hmm. kit. So yeah. everyone's at least like, doing the same shared experience, but you can't do them like every week. <laughs> that nah. would yeah. To totally not for agree. a year. <laughs> totally agree. So, so you're about to have a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. April. April. And now this is the first one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. My other child just walked in the room and now, but <laughs> now, uh, do you know if it's girl or boy? It's a boy. Yeah. Uh, did you already pick out a name? We have a list. Well, I can only imagine that that list of names is probably pretty damn creative. Like, I'm just going to guess his name's not going to be John or. My dad's you know. name is John. So that rules that one out. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're, 
there's some like normal one. There's normal names. Not going to be like. How about like Fa- how about like Fabian or something? <laughs> oh. Yeah, not we're not going to name them like not. There's not going to be like apple or pear or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay, very good. Now, is your husband, uh, like, is he, like, super calm and, like, laid back and, like, opposite your personality? He is, he's, hmm, calm. I don't think anyone would describe him as calm. Maybe it's stoic in a way. Sometimes, he's an athlete, though, so he, he can manage excitement well. You know, well, like well, that's he, why that's why he manages you so well. <laughs> yeah, he says that I'm on a 12 and he needs me at a, a 10 <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you know like I'll, I'll be like oh like and I, I also like my superpower is that I can go to sleep anytime which hopefully I can maintain into parenthood but mm-hmm. so if there's 20 minutes and there's an opportunity I could nap and then be up and back going so sometimes like right before bed I'll bring up something that's like stressful or exciting and then i'll be like oh man you know blah throw the bomb and then i'll be like okay good night (laughs) (laughs) oh man but um yeah Yeah, he's 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 very even okay okay Mm -hmm. well i was just thinking about the the personality and style of your child and what what how is how he's going to come out i mean you never know like sometimes they take the the dad side sometimes they take the mom's side i'm (laughs) i'm scared like hearing his childhood boy stories though like he definitely had a exploding things probably. oh okay. okay i think all boys do like they just they learn about how to explode things or light things on fire and then, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you got a bunch of uh, stuff coming up then not only a new baby what's the next big um thing for the company like what's the next big thing on the calendar is it a new flavor is it a new because i know you just put out the new website what's next what's the next huge thing um we just launched with a new distributor um, in a whole bunch of distribution centers. So we're okay. selling into a whole bunch of stores um, right gotcha. now. So that started gotcha. yesterday, um, beginning of February. So that's really nerve wracking, just making sure that, yeah, you got into the stores, but our, the sell through is good. Mm-hmm. And then just trying to figure out, okay, well, it's easy to manage 250 stores, but when it's like 500, like how, how do you make sure that they're all ordering again? You know, especially like as, as much as I like love our team when it's, it's always funny because we're completely competent, but when you go to the people like a brand or you talk to someone, they're like, you don't have food and beverage people in your leadership spots. Like we're all just like figuring it out. Our sales director has a lot of experience, but so he's our guiding light. But you know, sometimes like Scott and I would be like, how would we track this? Hmm. I don't know, like this, you know, like, cool, you know, and then we'll, we'll find someone to ask. And so, so it's a lot of asking people and other brands and Boulder's really lucky for that, you know, mm. questions of like, how do you guys manage this? And then right. a friend will send over, like, here's how we keep track. And I'll be like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Is it so the, it's, is but it's it, a lot of asking and just the, for help. You know, right. I totally agree. Just ask for, ask for help. Talk, talk to somebody yeah. that, that can give you some advice. The scariest yeah. thing for, for, for me sometimes for the brand, I think it affects a lot of other CEOs is as we get bigger, right? And we've gotten, Riderflex has gotten even bigger this last year as a recruiting firm. And so yeah. as we get bigger, we bring on more recruiters, right? And every time we bring on, bring on a recruiter, you know, my, my head is like, okay, you better not mess up the brand. You better not screw up a client. You better not get me a bad review. Like you better freaking take. And so the, the, the bigger you get, the bigger you get, the, the more 
things yeah. go in, go into other people's hands, right? And so for me, that sometimes is scary. Like I want the brand to grow, but I also like, okay, I'm handing another thing over to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that's been, especially with having all the brokers and they're presenting to, I don't even know where and trying to figure, keep track of like, what are you saying when you go in? Like, did I give you the right materials? I'm not there because it used to be me. Exactly. And now I'm like, or, you know, even on social media, I'll, will be posted and it'll be in a state I didn't even know we were in. And I'll be, and I'll just message the person and I'll be like, where'd you buy this? <laughs> you know, and that's just such a wild thing and be like, who got it there? Right. Why do you have it? Does it taste good still? You know, like, <laughs> like you know, like a little Jewish mother in me, but like, um, especially when you're, when your brand is all about brand and we're not a direct to consumer. Cause I feel like in that D to C world, you can control that whole circle. You right. can control what they right. order, how it is, how they feel when they order it, when they unbox it, and the whole experience. You don't know how you're on shelf at some like podunk town in you know somewhere in Pennsylvania or some organic you know food store. Like, did they keep it cold the whole time? I don't right. know. Right. And what when the buyer went in? What did they say? You know. So, luckily, I think um, coming from advertising our sales materials that we when we present to our brokers and our sales teams everything is hyper branded yeah so yeah. like any and we just are like print these out do you need us to mail you more so that when they go in that that it closed loop kind of experience is there but it's scary i mean yep. yeah especially but you know having scott being like these are we need to do it like this you can't just they'll take care of it you know and then saying <laughs> i need to make sure that i get every single thing completely dialed is great well I'm yeah. super happy for you uh, on everything. You got through COVID and yeah. you grew the company. Right. <laughs> you, you got through COVID, you raised cash, you brought on a partner. You got pregnant. You got pregnant. You, 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 you're, you're in more stores than you were in. You launched a new website. I mean, congrats, my friend. I'm happy for you. Yeah, it was a 20, I mean, 2020 was hard, but it was, it was, um, it was, it was focusing. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of distraction. Mm -hmm. So it was, mm -hmm. It was good for good for us. For me, I mean, I if you can grow and build your company through 2020, you can do anything. <laughs> I hope. I mean, or we were just so small that it was easy to grow. I always like joke around. I mean, I got to be more positive. I'm very positive, but I'm always like, I'm skeptical. So <laughs> yeah, but you know, like if you have one dollar and then you have then you sell ten dollars, you you can say you had like a thousand percent increase. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Becca, thank yeah. you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast. Thank I really you for having me back. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad things are going well with you too. It, it absolutely is. We're having fun building the recruiting firm. And we're like you. We were up about 25% in 2020. Now, I'm not trying to brag, or and I, and I feel bad for all the companies that suffered. But yeah, we're kind of like you. And I told Scott, I said, man, if we can be up 25% in 2020, we can do anything, bro. We can do anything. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Becca. Awesome. Thank you. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button. The RiderFlex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviewing. You can visit RiderFlex.com to learn more about us and get information and pricing on the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.